I am so thankful to be here today. I'm so thankful to be here healed by the power of God. I just want to give you a little recap to give God glory and just to let the enemy know he is defeated. So some of you know what things that were going on this week, but I want to share just two, two maybe three things real quick. So you, when you go, you have to get a vaccine, right? You have to get the yellow fever and all these st- things. Well, my body had a severe reaction. And um, long story short, 10 days later, I happened to call, and they said, this is Friday. They said, you need to go to the emergency right now. It began to go down my arm. It was past my elbow, and it was moving up towards my shoulder. But see, I had treasures on Friday night. I had outreach. And there was a will and a plan of God that had to take place. So at first I said, you know what I'll do? I'll just go to the ER on my way home, and I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to go. And the whole way as I began to drive, the enemy was screaming in my ear. You know, because if any of you have been allergic to anything, you know, the closer it gets to your heart, the more in danger you are. And... um, because I'm allergic to bees, so I understand that. And uh, the enemy just was, I mean, all over me. You know what's going to happen. But I know in whom I serve. And I know in whom I believe. And as we gathered together, before we gathered, I'm sorry, I began to pray, and I, I just heard this voice say, you'll be better in the morning. So we prayed at Treasures before we went out, You know, and some of them immediately were like, how do you feel? How do you feel? Do you feel better right now? Well, you know, sometimes instantaneously we feel better, but sometimes we don't. Because sometimes it's the process of trusting him. What are you going to do no matter how you feel? Right? So the next morning I got up. There was no swelling. There's no fever. Is there still a mark? Oh, yeah, there's still a mark. But it's just a reminder of what my God can do. And I can tell you this morning, he is a healer. No matter what you, if you have something in your body, he's in the house to touch you. He's here. He is more than able to do exceedingly abundantly, far more than we could ever think or ever ask. See, we limit God. And we listen, and I'm not, now I'm not saying when they tell you you need to go to the emergency that you don't listen, okay? I'm not, I'm not advocating that. But if God speaks, you have to listen to God more than you have to listen to the fear. Because fear can overtake you. Because all this, all last week was filled with fear. When they came and they told me that my, I never even had a passport, and I've had three, <laughs> they couldn't find any information God intervened. And he uses people sometimes to move on our behalf. So on Thursday, as I sat at the passport agency, I have to just give God glory. Because if you'll be in the will of God, he will position you to the right place where the right people are going to come across your path. And they will make things happen on your behalf. So I sat at the passport office in line for hours. And I got inside and I got the meanest lady in the house. And she said, you need to go over there and do some more paperwork. And I was like, okay, (laughs) count it all joy, right? And as I filled out the paperwork, so mind you, I messed up on the paperwork. And if you've ever filled it out, if it's wrong, they make you redo it over and over until it's perfect. But, you know, I was like, I ain't got time for this. It's wrong on this part, but I'm just going to go up there. And as I got in line, I said, Lord, this is your will. I never asked to go to Kenya. It was never in my plan to go to Kenya, but you're calling me to go to Kenya. So if you've called me, you've got to make provision on my behalf. And as I went, I was like, just put me to the right person. He took me all the way across the room to this young lady, sweet as could be. And she said, well, you know, tomorrow you can come back. And I was thinking, I ain't got time to come back tomorrow. I got to go to treasures. I got to go to outreach. I don't have time to sit here for hours. And so she's getting everything, and this man walks out of a door, and he says, how is, she, how is she treating you? And I said, she's fabulous. And he said, but how are you doing? 
And I said, I want to cry. He said, why do you want to cry? I said, because I, at first I said, you know, you don't want to hear my story. You hear everybody's sob story. And he said, no, tell me. And I said, I got to go to Kenya, but I can't, I don't have my passport. And he said, well, that's fine. And I said, but I need a visa. He said, you get it Tuesday. I said, I fly Sunday. And he looked at the girl and he said, you give her her visa today. Now, mind you, amen. See, if you listen to the voices around you, because I stood in line with people that told me, you know, I was here yesterday from 6.30 in the morning till 3.30 in the afternoon, and I've still been in line for hours today. So the enemy the whole time was like, that's going to happen to you. But you know what? God can position you. And he can cause somebody to come out of a door that they don't even need to come out of. And he can move on your behalf. And he can put you in the place where somebody can make something happen for you. Because that's how our God works. There is nothing that is impossible with God. If we will just dare to trust him. See, that's the thing. We got caught up on what the natural says and what the enemy says. And we forget that we serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We serve the one that can make the impossible possible. We serve the one that can raise the dead. We serve the one that can heal the sick. The one that walks on water for your situation. So no matter what you're facing, if you're in the will of God, that's it. Some of us are doing a lot of things and we're outside of the will of God. There's a lot of things we're doing. But if you're in his will, there's not a devil in hell that can stop you. And his will will take place. There's somebody in the country of Kenya that God's going to talk to. There's somebody, and I will dare say this because I know that I've heard from God. There's somebody in Kenya that God's going to heal. I don't know who it is. I don't know what they're going to be healed of. But I know that he sent his word. And it is recorded today that when we come back, there will be testimonies that God has healed bodies because he is faithful. You say, Angela, is it because it's you and pastor? Oh, no, don't get it twisted. It's because he's the king and he's the Lord and he is more than able to move on your sick body. And I'm just thankful this morning. And that's just my introduction. So just get ready. All right. So this morning we are excited. We're going to go and everything's going to be fabulous. Does that mean there will not be hiccups along the way? Absolutely not. If you're doing something for God, you are going to be disrupted. But what do you do during the disruption? One thing that I've learned this week and that what God has spoken to me is his peace. No matter what's going on around me, I've been able to say it is well with my soul. It doesn't matter what my body feels like. It doesn't matter that they told me you never had a passport. That doesn't matter because God will have the last word. So today, 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 I know that he's going to talk to each and every one of us. I... um. I was listening to a missionary this week, this little old lady, I'd never even heard of her. And after she had been brutally beaten and raped, she said, the Lord said, will you praise me even if I never tell you why? Will you be thankful that I could trust you with the test and the trial that you went through? Will you thank him no matter what you've gone through? Can you say, I love you, Lord, no matter what's going on around me. Everything is crumbling to the ground, but I still love you. I may not know why, but you do, and you are in control. So can we say that it is well with our soul? Can we say, God, I thank you for the test. I thank you for the trial. I thank you for what I'm going through. We may never know why we go through things, but God's plan isn't necessarily for you and me. It's for everyone around us because there are people watching your lives as a Christian. They're watching everything that you do. And that's not to say, oh, you have to walk on eggshells, but you better be a Christian. You better be what you say that you are because people are looking for reality in this last day. 
You may be here today and you say, I feel nothing. I feel like I'm nothing today. But I can tell you one thing that I know for sure, it's not in what we feel but it's in what the word of God says, what he says about you and what he says he will fulfill in your life. So often we don't listen to his voice. We listen to all the other voices, all the voices from the past that said you'll never, all the voices from the past that says you can't, all the voices that said you're nothing, that says you're worthless, that you don't mean anything. But what does God says? God says that you are his beloved. God says that you are his child. He says that you are his own. And if we'll stop listening to the voices of the enemy, we can walk in the abundance of the life that he has for us. Teresa asked me this morning, what do you call your message? At first it was Leah and Rachel, but as I walked down the hallway, he said, is it God's God's will or my will? So this morning, if you'll turn to Genesis 29, I'm going to read a little bit of scripture this morning and... um, it's a familiar message. If you've been in church for any, in any while, you've heard it. Uh, but I'm a, it's a little different twist this morning. All right. Before we read his word, let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly and Gracious Father, I come to you this morning. Lord, I thank you for what you are and who you are. I thank you, Father, for your character. I thank you because you love us with an everlasting love. And God, I ask you to have your will in your way this morning. God, we're here in your will, in your way, Lord, today. We are here. And I ask you to speak to every heart and to every life. Quicken in us, Lord, the things that you're trying to deal with and heal the things that are broken this morning. God, let us want your will in your way and quit following after ourselves. I plead the blood of Jesus over us this morning. I plead the blood over our minds and our hearts. God, let us not be offended this morning because we're not offended with a person. We're offended with your word. And I pray today that you would soften our hearts, each and every one of us from the front to the back, and just let your grace and your mercy flow over us today because you love us, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So in verse 10 through 23, it says, And it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. And Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's brother and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. And it came to pass when Laban heard the tidings of Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And he told Laban all these things. And Laban said unto him, Surely thou art my bone and my flesh. And he abode with him the space of a month. And Laban said unto Jacob, Because thou art my brother, shouldest thou serve me for naught? Tell me, what shall thy wages be? And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to thee than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had to her. And Jacob said unto Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go into her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought him unto her. And he went into her. And then to verse 25 through 28 says, And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Did I not serve thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? And Laban said, It must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week, and we will give you this, thee this also for the service which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. And Jacob did so and fulfilled her week, and he gave him Rachel his daughter to wife also. You see, 
Jacob, when the first time he saw Rachel, he thought she was so beautiful and he was so in love with her. But Laban had other plans. And this morning, as I was getting ready, the thought came to me, everybody in this house is somebody in this story. We're either Laban and Jacob that are deceivers, manipulators, liars. We're Leah, the rejected one, the one that doesn't see her purpose. Or a Rachel, the arrogant one, full of jealousy, envy, and bitterness. And I thought, Lord, that's rough. Right? But if we'll be real. So that's all I'm asking this morning. Just be real. And if God touches your heart, praise God. Because he never touches anything that he doesn't give us the power to overcome. See, Jacob deceived his very own father. If you know anything in the Bible, we may have some that are new here today. Jacob deceived his own father by pretending to be his brother Esau, just like his father-in-law deceived him by giving him Leah. See, God's not mocked. We will reap what we sow. Put that in your back pocket. You will reap what you sow. You stir division in the body, you're going to stir it in your household. You will reap it in your household. I promise you that. But not even Leah's spiritual discouragement could stop God from showing his grace to her. So this morning, I want to talk a little bit about Leah. What does her name mean? Leah, it means weary or delicate. And I, le- I read a bunch of different commentaries, and some commentaries said, because it, it says in the Bible that she was tender-eyed. And um, some say that that meant she had trouble seeing. Some say it was her personality, that she, that she, she was very insecure, that she didn't see her value. There's a lot of commentaries, but my first, my, my first thought was, okay, let's just go in the basics that maybe she couldn't see well. Maybe she, and which says she wasn't as beautiful as Rachel. Some of us today, we feel that way. We don't compare with other people. See, see, Leah was not Jacob's first choice. Like I said, she was not beautiful. She was only tolerated, not loved. And God saw that she was loved, that she was hated. See, we go through things and we think God doesn't see us. We think he doesn't care. But he sees all along everything that we've ever gone through. And see, he saw that she was hated. And in the, in verse 31 it says he opened up her womb. Because see she was at first she couldn't have children, but God opened it. He healed what was shut up inside of her. What's shut up inside of you? What have you allowed the enemy to shut up inside of you? What potential and power do you have for God that you've allowed the enemy to shut your womb, to keep you from being a fruitful Christian? God saw her need before he ever opened her womb. He sees your need. The word of God says that he hears us before we even call. He, he'll answer your prayer before you even know it sometimes. See, Jacob might not have loved her, but God did. Amen. You know, yesterday, Pastor and I were talking about some people that none of you know. And it was about a, a lady who was in a marriage that her husband never showed her any kind of love. And she's a wonderful woman. But see, her husband died, and then along came another man who loves her like she's a queen. And that's what God does for us. It doesn't matter who in the natural doesn't love you. It doesn't matter who doesn't want you, because God loves you and he wants you. See, she held the key to Jacob's desires, because more than he wanted Rachel, he wanted sons. And Leah was the one that could produce the sons. I'm just setting a a little foundation for you. 
So this morning, if you feel rejected, unloved, forgotten, he sees you. And you say, I'm good today. Put it in your back pocket because it will come. Because even Christians feel these things, if we'll just be real. See, in verse 32, Leah said, God sees me. And she thought, now God sees me. He opened my womb. Now I can bear children. Now my husband's going to love me. She found her worth in bearing children. But my question to you is, what are you finding your worth in this morning? We find our worth in a lot of things that aren't God. We need things to validate us, our jobs, our house, our car, our clothes. We think if we look just the right way, nobody's going to see. But see, God sees to the depths of our heart. What are you trying to find your worth in? Some of us are trying to find it in a relationship. My question is, how's it working for you? You can manipulate it, but is God in it? We're trying to find our worth in relationships. But what happens is we become like used car salesmen. And we try to sell everybody on that this relationship is the will of God. We go around and we manipulate people. We get them one-on-one. We have conversations in private and in secret to, to manipulate, to change their thoughts and their ideas when all along you know it's not the will of God. And if we would stop manipulating and stop trying to be like car salesmen, Look, I worked in the car business forever, for, for a long time. And the one thing that I learned is they're good at manipulating. But you know what? Christians ain't got nothing on car salesmen, let me tell you. We do it all the time. We manipulate people because we know it's not God's will. And if we would stop manipulating people and do what God told us, there would be a lot less premarital sex going on in the church than there is today. Because I can tell you, it's in the house. Because this morning as I was getting ready, I said, Lord, I don't want to say that. And I said, take it from my mind. I don't even want to think about it. But as I got up here, I know I'm talking to you this morning. And it may not even be just the physical act. It may be because you're so bound to pornography that you're lusting after that person and doing things that you ought not to be doing this morning. So if it's not the will of God, you better run this morning because this is a clear warning to you that what you're doing, you're continuing to participate in things and you're on a path. And when she comes up pregnant, God's going to expose everything. Rachel. Rachel was loved. She was beautiful. How often we think if we just get it all right on the outside, if we keep our house perfect, our cars are clean, that all people are going to see is how good we are. We come to church, we're here every service. But what are you at home? What language is coming out of your mouth when you get mad at home? Who are you when you don't get your way? You can be beautiful, you can have it all together, but you're a Rachel. See, she was in a worse position than the sister that she hated. Isn't that like us in church? We're jealous, we're angry, we're bitter. And we say, well, if you knew what she did to me, who cares what she did to you? She can't dictate your feelings. You allow the enemy to come in and control your emotions. And, you know, it's not just women that do it. 
I can tell you there's men in this house. You're so jealous of another leader. You can't stand it. But you cover it up real good. You cover it up. You say, I, I'm behind you. I got you. Then why do we get angry when the word comes forth? Why do we let it make us so angry that we lash out to our brother and our sister? We're guilty, church. And at one point or time, we will all come across these different stages. This morning, please, hear my heart. See, this message is for Kenya. This message is for Kenya. But when he asked me to speak, I knew immediately what message it was supposed to be. So often we're in a worse place than the person that we're angry with, the person that we're jealous with. See, if you've ever been hated or rejected or cast to the side, I'm going to tell you, God wants to open your spiritual womb. He wants to open your spiritual womb so that you can birth children. Aren't you tired of the miscarriages? You know, you invite somebody to church and you, you, you talk to them and you tell them how good God is and what he's done in your life. But the minute he doesn't do what you want, you'll cuss them to their face. thus providing a miscarriage of the person you're trying to win to Christ. See, we look to others to make us feel loved. We do whatever it takes. When all along, really what we need is God's approval, not man's. See, a lot of times, God already approves of us but we're so busy comparing ourselves one to another. I remember being young, a young married couple, and everybody around us seemed to be doing so much better than us financially. We lived in the little house on 204. They had these nice houses. We had cars because I worked in the car business, and we like cars, right? <laughs> Well, he does anyway, yeah. You know, always trying to keep up. Always trying to keep up with somebody else. But what we didn't see was the big picture. Because today, all but one other couple is divorced. See, God had a plan and a purpose for our life. But the enemy tried to get us so focused on what everybody else was doing that we couldn't even see what he was accomplishing in our own life. You know, he had a plan for this church to be in existence. And I'm going to tell you something else, that just because you go through something that's bad, God can turn it for good. And this morning, it just, it, God just was like, Angela, if your in-laws never would have got divorced, you never would have met your husband. So you may have gone through something great that's bad, but if you'll trust him and stay in his will, see, his dad stayed in the will of God and came to the city of La Habra and pastored the little church over there on 2nd and Main, where a little girl from a single mom home went to church. And he had a plan for my life, but he had a plan for Jonathan's life, too. But it came out of great destruction. See, the way they went about it was their way, but God ultimately had his way. And he will in your life. Seek him. Seek him first. No one can love you like Jesus. Nobody can love you like him. Not your husband. Not your children. Ladies, stop trying to live vicariously through your daughters and your sons. They cannot fulfill you. If you're not getting what you want from your husband, try giving what you have need of. But instead, we go to somebody else to fulfill that need. We go to our children. We say, this is my best friend. No, you're their parent, not their best friend. And for that matter, stop trying to get attention from someone else's husband or wife. He desires...
to be our source of everything? Why do we not allow him to be our everything? Why? Because we are doing it our way. It's kind of like the person who says, I'm going to stop paying my tithe because I know more than God. It's going to end you up in a worse position. You'll be working three jobs and still have less money. And we've all been there because we've all done something stupid. We go and buy things. You get car payments. You get, I don't know, bike payments. You get sea-do payments. You get whatever, trailer payments, boat payments. And six months down the road when you can't pay the bill, you're like, God failed me. No, it wasn't in your budget. Why'd you do it? We've all done it. Right? If you've ever done it, raise your hand. And the rest of you, mm. Okay. Talk to the Lord about that. But right, we all do things. We've all made mistakes. But see, we're constantly trying to to circumvent the will of God. We're trying to circumvent what he has planned for us because we're so prideful and arrogant that we think we have the answer. Let me just share something with you. We don't. We mess it all up from here to the back door. But God is faithful to us. I'm so thankful that he forgives us in our stupidity. (laughs) He forgives us for all of our mistakes. Because he loves us. He doesn't want us to go down in defeat, but sometimes we have to hit the ground because that's the only place he can talk to us. But even when we're at the bottom, sometimes we're still so stinking prideful. So I ain't going to let nobody know I'm struggling. Because if they know why I'm struggling, it's because I'm unfaithful. Because I can promise you, if you're faithful, even if you struggle, God's going to bring you out. He will cause a check to come in the mail. He will cause you to get a raise on your job. He'll cause God to lay you on somebody's heart. I have to share this. In listening to the missionary lady, I can't even remember her name. She was talking about she, this lady would gave birth, and they're primitive. They were in the Congo. And the lady gave birth, but the mom died. And this baby was a preemie. And they said, she said, they had to have a, a, a hot water bottle and to lay next to the baby to keep it warm. And she told all the nurses, she said, you because ha- she was a doctor, she said, you have to keep this baby warm or this baby's going to die. So they hurried, and they got the last bottle from the village that they had, and it busted. So there was an orphanage there, and every day she went to this orphanage, and she got the kids together, and they all told the needs, and she shared about this baby. And she said, and this baby has, I think it was like a six-year-old, or I don't know how old the sister was, and she's so sad because she lost her mom. So... This little girl from the Congo, it being as straight and as abrasive as they were, prayed, Dear Jesus, I pray that you give us a bottle to keep that baby warm and a doll for her sister. And, you know, don't do it tomorrow because tomorrow the baby will be dead. Do it today. Amen. And she was like, okay. Well, she went back to her quarters and a package came. And there was a bottle and a baby doll. But she said that wasn't the miracle. The miracle is it was sent five months before, but it came on the right day. It came on the exact day. It came on the day that the need was there. See, that's how God works for us. He puts things in motion months before we know we're going to need it. He talks to people's hearts before we even know that we're going to have a need because he loves you this morning. That's the God that we serve, that he'll put something in motion 
execution months ahead of time because he's going to move on your behalf. If you'll just dare to trust him, if you'll just dare to believe what he can do for you, you don't even know the power of the God that you serve. If you did, you would praise him. You wouldn't sit there saying, well, I don't know. He didn't do it for me. The reason he hasn't done it for you is because you don't believe him. You're afraid to trust him. But he is able. He is able. He is able to do exceedingly abundant, far more than we could ever think or ask. Allow him to be your everything. So often we can't see what God has blessed us with, so we focus on our adversary. We focus on those that have mistreated us, lied about us, come against us, said all kinds of stuff. You say in the church, especially in the church. There's more insecure people in the house of God than in the world. I'm fully convinced of that because we listen to the enemy. There's more pride in the church, the pride that I'm not going to submit to a leader pastor said the ultimate sign of maturity is submission to leadership. Man, I got a hold of that and I said, I need to listen to that. We need to submit to those who are in authority over us. It's God's way. It's not Jonathan and Angela's way. It's God's way. He says that we are to submit to the leaders. Because if you don't ever submit, he can't ever put you in a place of leadership because you'll never know how to lead because you don't know how to submit. We We must not be consumed by the blessing of others and forget the love that the Heavenly Father has for us. When we are in constant competition with our brothers and our sisters like Leah and Rachel were, it brings constant division and friction in our lives and in the body of Christ. And I don't know if you know anything about friction, but when friction goes long enough, it can start a spark and can start a fire. That's what division does. And the enemy comes and burns up faith. When we feel at living at peace with our sisters and brothers, we leave behind a trail of destruction. You can come to church and say, I'm going to submit. You can come to us and say, I'm behind you 100%. But what are you at home? Because every person we spread our poison to is affected. Why are we so comfortable when we vomit our issues to people in the body? And, you know, I thought about that. I, you know, I was like, we're so comfortable to gossip about our brothers and sisters. You know, we just put a different thing on it and say, well, you know, so that you'll pray. Please. You ain't praying about it. But you know the one thing that is just equally as bad? If you're the one that's got to go ask 10,000 questions to try to get up in everybody's business. Because that makes you a busybody. We say, I want to know everything about people's lives. Why? I can promise you, God will show you what you need to know. He'll show you. Pastor and I don't go to every single person and say, Kyle, what's the drama in your life today? Bailey, what's the drama in your life today? Christina, what about you? We don't do that, but some of us in the body do. We go to people and we ask 10,000 questions. Well, and then what happened? And then what happened? And then what did you do? Oh, well, we'll pray. No, you won't. You're going to get connected with the next busy body and start spreading more discord in the body. So we like to focus on the gossip, but we don't like to focus on those of us that are busybodies in the house. Our inability to love God for those around us. No, I'm sorry. Our inability to truly love God for who he is makes us unlovable, makes us unable to love others. And it's funny, I heard Carter Collin preach, and he said, I'm just going to say, it applies to everybody. 
but I'll say forgetting those things that are behind, but we're pressing on, right? Okay, so sometimes people are hard to love, right? But it's because we don't see God for who he really is. Now, I know there's always a holy Howard in the house that says, not me, I love everybody. <laughs> but the problem is you're, self, you're deceived. Because what happens when people don't do what you want? We all have struggles, but like I said, what do we do when we don't get our way? When we have problems loving others, it's a reflection of our inability to even understand how much God loves us. But make no mistake, if you're a loving person, you will be attacked in that area. People are going to come against you and say, you don't love anybody. I've even had people say, this church is such an unloving church. I'm all, but wait a minute. When you walk through the door, all you talked about is how everybody loved on you. What changed? Our perceptive. I mean, I'm sorry, our perception. Our perception. See, our perception changes. It's the way that we see things based on what we're going through at the time. It's what we're going through at the time that changes how we feel about things. It doesn't mean that God changed or even that somebody else changed, but the enemy convinced us that that's how it is. That's like when we're, mo we're moved by those emotions, but they change. Your emotions change. You can be happy in the morning and grumpy at night, right? Some of us, you get hangry, right? You, but that's not really how you really are, but you're grumpy at the moment. Some, they didn't get their morning coffee and look out, right? Your emotions change. But why do we come to the house of God and base everything on our emotions? We base everything in our walk with God based on how we feel at the moment. Jealousy and envy destroys us and everyone around us. You see, Leah only thanked God when she bore children. But not even all the time when she bore children, only sometimes. But Rachel never even really gave God credit. How many of us is that us? We don't even give God credit for the things that he's done. But yet we're mad because he's not moving like we want him to. Leah wasn't the most beautiful, talented, special. But when God has a plan for your life, he makes it come to pass. No one can stop it from coming to pass. You may have to go through a lot of things and he may circumvent you to make his will happen. But I don't know about you. I want to be in his will. I want to be that person that he can flow through. Right? I don't want him to have to go around me to go to Jackie to make the will that I was supposed to fill take place. But it all comes down to our obedience. Are we following his way or our way this morning? What are our motives? Why do we do what we do? Do we do it because we love to serve or do we love to be seen? Some are intoxicated with titles in the church. Our title makes us feel so special. We said, don't you know who I am? I'm the head usher. And I just say that because I love Brother Will. I just use him as an example because I know he's not doing that. Don't you know who I am? I love you, brother. <laughs> I'm in, he could do that. He could say, I'm the head usher. I'm in charge. Hmm. But he's not. He's meek. He's humble. Our, own view of, our view of our own holiness is clouded by the reality of what can be found in the depths of our heart. If we constantly have to say how holy we are or we thrive and only surround ourselves with people who tell us how wonderful we are. Why are we doing that? We should not have to tell people how holy we are. Because I can promise if you have to convince somebody, the real question is, are you trying to convince others, yourself, or God? See, there's danger in this area because we get dependent on what people think about us. Don't you know who I am? I'm the preacher's kid. I have a right to be the way I am and do what I do. 
The word says our hearts are deceitfully wicked. Do we love to be seen more than we love to serve? You know, I've been to a lot of conferences and I've seen a lot of things. I see people up on the platform and they'll worship it down. But then they go to another church and they won't even lift their hands during the worship service. What is the motive? We want to be seen. Okay? We struggle with that a lot. I would dare to say that women seem to struggle with it a little bit more than men. Maybe because this was for women, like I said. <clears throat> I've had women say some of the nastiest things. I was reminded the other day of when we first started the church, there was a lady that she's no longer here. She, oh, ripped me up one side and down the other outside. And John and I had a meeting, and we came in the office, and I mean like that. Her face changed. Hi, Pastor. How are you doing? Oh, I love you so much. Oh, Sister Angela. And I was like, wait, what just happened? She showed who she really was in that parking lot. It wasn't what she was in the office. You say, what'd you say to her? Nothing. Because the one thing that I've learned in ministry is that thank God, because what I used to do, I would have told you off and I would have told you exactly what I thought about you. But when it comes down to it, God has learned, I have learned that God just shuts my mouth. Sometimes we have to just sit and take it. Sometimes we have to sit in humility and say, say whatever you want, but God will vindicate. And the truth always outlives a lie. So it doesn't matter who comes against you. God has the last word. Stop trying to convince everybody. Stop trying to convince people. If it's God's will, it'll flourish. If it's not, it'll come to naught. Don't force things to happen. Our ego sometimes gets in the way of our service. See, Rachel's ego wasn't fulfilled by being simply the one that was loved. Driven by jealousy, Leah being able to have children. I'm sorry. Rachel, when she couldn't have children, she gave her handmaiden to Jacob. We, we know that Sarah did that with Hagar to Abraham. And we look at that and we're like, ooh, who would do that? Who would give another woman to their man? Isn't that kind of what we do when we don't fulfill our role for our spouse? You're leaving the door open for somebody to come in and fill that vacuum. You leave that door open for somebody else to come and meet the needs of your spouse. So if you aren't loving your wife this morning, you need to start. And if you aren't loving your husband, then you need to start. And you say, I don't even like him this morning. I can tell you he can give you a love when you don't even like the person. Because if I will be honest, there's been times I've sat in prayer and I said, Lord, I can't stand that man. You know what he did to me? Do you know what he said to me? Do you know how he made me feel? And God was like, you picked him why are you complaining you're blaming God for somebody you picked so if you picked him you better get in this thing and get going on that wasn't even in my notes sorry we look at others in ministry and compare ourselves to them and the enemy always makes sure we come up inadequate. He magnifies our differences and makes us feel less than. And out of those feelings come anger, jealousy, and if not dealt with, ultimately bitterness. And the word bitterness, the word says bitterness rots our bones. Today, like I said, there's some, and I know even in leadership, you're, you're in your heart against your brother or your sister. And nobody knows it. But it's so deep. You've pushed it down so deep that you convince yourself you're okay. We are not in competition with one another. You can never do what somebody else is called to do. But they can't do what you're called to do either. There's only one you, and God made you that way. There may be things that he needs to change, but he made you and he can use even your faults and your failures. See, instead of seeing their father Laban as the reason for conflict between Leah and Rachel, they turned on each other. And that's exactly what we do in the body. We turn on each other, or even in our home, not even realizing 
the source is just the enemy. Can you imagine the power that would have been in the family if Rachel and Leah would have been united? I mean, they produced the 12 tribes of Israel. How much more powerful? Think about it. There would have been peace and joy. We can have peace, joy, and love in our homes. We can have it in our church. But we have to choose it. You're right. We should. The power that would be in this place, in our churches and our homes, if we came together and did not allow the enemy to build walls between us, so much more would be accomplished. There would be so much power. So much power. You don't even know the power that's inside of you. Because the enemy's already told you, look at all your failures. You can't even keep a marriage together. You can't even keep your finances together. Look at your children. But those are all just lies of the enemy. Because out of Leah's rejection, her place of unwantedness, her place of nothingness, of less than, God still did great things through her. And today he wants to do great things in our life. In James 5.16, it says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. If you've had feelings towards your brother or sister or even your spouse, your kids, you know the enemy wants nothing more than divide parents and children. Because do you know the power of a family that's united for God? And that's where the enemy attacks the most. Mama Dre, your kids are coming in. I can tell you the enemy's fighting. The enemy's fighting. But God has the last word. And those that even seem so far away, he's calling them. He's calling them. Don't get discouraged, sis. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't let it make you feel less than because of your past. Because I don't know what he's going to do in your life, but I know that he has such a plan for you that people are going to look in years from now and be like, that's not even the same person that I once knew. And to God be all the glory and all the honor. So this morning... I just want to share this with you, that true humility says, being able to say, I'm sorry, no matter what is done to us. Being able to say, I forgive you, no matter what is done. No matter what you said, no matter the way you made me feel. And I just truly believe that there are people in the house that you need to make things right one with another. Pastor, if you'll come. It may be with your brother or your sister. Maybe it's your spouse. I don't know. But I know God's talked to us this morning.